0: Why? Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie Easton. This, this is the Sunday Sun. In today's episode, there's a new space race, how Spotify's algorithm works, and elephants learning new tricks. But first, it was on this day in 2020 that US President Donald Trump suggested COVID-19 might be treated by injecting disinfectant or UV lights into a human body at a White House press briefing. What a time to be alive. Now, an attempt will be made today to launch a rocket that's planned eventually to take people to Moon and the Mars. It was meant to be its biggest test. Known as Starship, it's the biggest, most powerful rocket ever built. Developed by SpaceX, it stands over 100 metres tall and it's uh, attempting to fly to space for the first time. But when the time came... SpaceX called off the highly
1: anticipated launch of its Starship rocket.
2: The spacecraft is the most powerful...
0: After months of anticipation and just three days after getting launch approval, SpaceX was forced to call off the maiden flight of its gargantuan Starship rocket on Monday when a frozen valve caused problems pressurising the booster's first stage. There was another attempt on Thursday where the giant spaceship successfully left its launch pad, but the two parts of the rocket failed to separate and exploded into a dramatic cloud minutes later. This is all a test for what could be the vehicle that takes us into the next level of human space exploration. Dr Jennifer Millard is an extra galactic astronomer and explained to Sky News.
1: It really is pushing the boundaries, Starship, because this rocket is designed to be the world's first fully reusable rocket. So we have partial reusability with the likes of the Falcon 9 SpaceX rocket, but this one will be fully reusable. It can also take much bigger payloads into orbit, and it really is designed to be an interplanetary rocket for crew which we've never had, we've never had anything close to this. So it's going to help us put people back on the moon and then hopefully in maybe a decade or two putting people on Mars and that is so exciting, that's our next
0: leap into the solar system. This is just the first space flight and it'll still be a while before we get anywhere close to Mars.
1: Decade minimum. I mean, personally, I think we're looking more like the 2040s if we're going to be realistic. Mars is another level of complexity. But this is why we're going back to the Moon to develop the technology and the skills that we need in order to go somewhere like Mars. Because, you know, it's a seven month journey there. Something goes wrong. You're on your own. We can't go and rescue anyone. It's a completely different environment, but the moon will help us practice. But really, it's all about getting ready for Mars.
0: And it's not just Earth's moon we're trying to explore. Earlier this month, the European Space Agency successfully launched a mission to Jupiter's moons. The Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, also known as JUICE, is on a mission to assess what makes a world habitable. Manuel Grande is a professor from Aberystwyth University. And as they explained to the BBC, the gas giant planet and its moons have huge potential for life. This is a mini solar system that we haven't explored properly. Underneath the surfaces of these three big moons, there are deep oceans with ice on top, but the bottom surface of that ocean is actually rock. So you get a, an environment there which is quite like the environment around the volcanic vents in the middle Atlantic Ridge, and you get weird life forms around those vents, and some people believe that that's how life started on Earth. The, the fact that you've got contact with the bottom, you've got heat, you've got motion, you've got minerals, uh, it means you've got this kind of virtuous soup but possibly is just the right place to start life. moment, Beatrice Flamini, a Spanish mountain climber emerged into daylight. She'd spent the past 500 days isolated from the outside world in a cave 70 meters underground. Smiling and blinking as she adjusted to daylight, she was welcomed back to reality by family, friends and well wishers This was all part of an experiment to study extreme isolation in what could be a new world record. She was monitored remotely by a group of scientists who were under strict instructions to leave her alone. When she went underground, the world was still in the grip of the COVID pandemic and she now emerges into a very different world. To keep busy, she exercised and knitted hats to keep warm while making her way through 60 books and 1,000 litres of water. When the 50-year-old entered the cave, the Queen was still alive, there was peace in Ukraine and she was only 48, leaving her with a lot to catch up on. In a press conference, she said... (laughs) No lo sé. I don't know, I'm
1: still stuck in November 2021. I don't know what has happened in the world. I've come out of a cave, I've ridden in the van. I have no idea what's going on. For me, it's still November 2021 and seeing everyone in masks. For me, it's still COVID.
0: While we wait to see if she's created a new world record, there were more important matters that Framini needed to attend to, like a nice hot shower. God, I bet that felt good. Still to come on the Sunday 7 Google AI mission and the world's first digestible battery. Tech world's hottest topic. A future of artificial intelligence is on the horizon and competition among the tech giants is taking us there quickly, whether we're ready or not. In a rare interview, 60 Minutes dove into the ever-expanding world of AI with one of its leaders, Google. James Manyika holds a new position there. His job is to think about how AI and humanity will coexist. AI has the potential to change many ways in which we've thought about society, about what we're able to do, the problems we can solve. but AI will also pose its own problems. There are some job occupations that will start to decline over time. There are also new job categories that will grow over time, but the biggest change will be the jobs that will be changed. Something like more than two-thirds will have their definitions change, not go away, but change, because they're now being assisted by AI and by automation. So this is a profound change which has implications for skills. How do we assist people build new skills, learn to work alongside machines, and how do these complement what people do today? And Google CEO Sundar
2: Pichai agrees. AI will impact everything. So, for example, you could be a radiologist. If you think about five to 10 years from now, you're going to have an AI collaborator with you. It may triage. You come in the morning. You Let's say you have 100 things to go through. It may say these are the most serious cases you need to look at first. Or when you're looking at something, it may pop up and say, you may have missed something important. Why wouldn't we, you know? Why wouldn't we take advantage of a super-powered assistant to help you across everything you do.
0: An AI is already pulling its weight in supporting what we do. DeepMind, Google's artificial intelligence research laboratory, developed an AI program that created a 3D mapping of all 200 million proteins known to science. DeepMind CEO, Demis Hassabis, predicts it would have taken humans a billion years to do it themselves.
2: Well, the rule of thumb, I was always told by my biologist friends is that it, it takes a
0: whole PhD, five years, to do one protein structure experiment. So, if you think 200 million times five, that's a billion years of PhD time it would have taken. It's been used in uh, an enormously broad number of ways actually, from malaria vaccines, to developing new enzymes that can eat plastic waste, to a new uh, antibiotics. Most of the AI systems we've got at the moment do one or maybe two things well, but the ultimate goal is what's called Artificial General Intelligence, a learning machine that can utilise a wide range of talents. But could that mean a machine that's conscious of itself? So that's another great question. We, you know, philosophers haven't really settled on a definition of consciousness yet. But if we mean by sort of self-awareness and uh, these kinds of things, um, you know, I think there is a possibility AI's one day could be. I definitely don't think they are today. Um, but I think again, this is one of the fascinating scientific things we're going to find out on this journey towards AI. So, how's all this going to be regulated? Well, speaking with 60 Minutes host Scott Pelley, the Google CEO says we're going
2: to need global frameworks. It's one of the critical technologies which will impact national security. But over time, I do think it's important to remember the technology will be available to most countries. And so I think over time, we would need to figure out global frameworks. Like there are global frameworks for nuclear non-proliferation, that there be AI treaties in this world. We would need that is my prediction over time.
0: at the Italian Institute of Technology have created a prototype of an edible and rechargeable battery made entirely from food products.
2: The core of the device is represented by a couple of electrodes, basically, and to have it working we are using two... Uh, materials, two molecules. For the anode, we are using uh, Goparvin, which is a vitamin that we can find in almonds, for example. And for the cathode, we are using quercetin. Uh, Quercetin is sold as a food supplement and can be found uh, in capers.
0: The battery uses activated charcoal to increase electrical conductivity. The separator made from nori seaweed prevents short-circuiting, and the electrodes are encased in beeswax with two edible gold leaves. The battery operates at 0.65 volts and can power a small LED or other miniature electronic devices. Researchers hope the edible battery could revolutionize ingestible medical devices and have a major impact on diagnosing and treating gastrointestinal conditions, as well as monitoring food quality.
2: An edible battery? allows us to ingest, for example, a a sensor, a sensing system, and degrade it into our body, like food, after it has performed its function.
0: Ingestible devices already exist, but can't be digested by the human body. But the Italian Institute of Technology says their new development can be completely digested without any health risks. Still to come on the Sunday 7, how Spotify's algorithm actually recommends you music, and banana-loving elephants are learning appealing new tricks (laughs) right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right! We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more
2: than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: You're listening to the Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso. Or even try our island edition. It's in all the usual places. Thanks to the Daily Drive playlist, there's every chance you're listening to this episode on Spotify. With 500 million monthly users, Spotify is the world's largest music streaming service. It's known for its personalised playlists made with its recommendation algorithm. They weren't the first to use analytics to do this, but it was the way in which they combined techniques to make them feel more lifelike that was cool. It starts with a process called collaborative filtering. This is Zaid Sultan, Vice President of Personalisation at Spotify, breaking it down for the Wall Street Journal. Collaborative filtering looks
1: at the pattern across all of this data and tries to understand when do tracks happen to be playlisted together very often. You can think of it as building a map of music and podcasts, which means that these tracks go together according to the way users have playlisted them and listened to them.
0: But recommendations based purely on collaborative filtering aren't perfect. For example, during Christmas, Mariah Care is All I Want for Christmas is You... Ah! ...might get put in a playlist with songs like Silent Night... night. ...even though they sound nothing alike. To prevent them ending upon the same recommendations, Spotify adds another layer of analysis called content based filtering. This algorithm gathers metadata like the release date and label and does a raw audio analysis. It uses metrics like danceability and loudness to describe the sonic characteristics of the track. Uptown Fung, for example, has a danceability score of 0.856 on a scale of 0 to 1. Don't believe me, just watch! What a tune. Content-based filtering also takes into account cultural context, so that means studying the lyrics and analyzing the words used to describe the track in articles and blogs. These techniques aren't unique to Spotify, but industry experts say what sets them apart is the amount of user data they have and the products they create from it. And this is just the beginning of AI at Spotify. In February, the streaming service joined the recent buzz around it.
2: I'm X, and from this moment on, I'm going to be your own personal AI DJ on Spotify. The
0: DJ gives the algorithm a human voice and offers listeners additional context around a recommendation. The company is also exploring reinforcement learning, a technique that would allow the recommendation system to learn automatically based on feedback.
1: It will help with the diversity of their recommendation, it will help with the longer-term retention and we're trying to push the state of the art in each of those, introducing new technologies, new capabilities and bringing new experiences.
0: Benefits of cranberry juice have long been debated, but now it's official. Supplements and juices containing the superfruit can reduce your risk of getting a UTI.
1: The review that we just did is quite substantial. Uh, it's actually shown a, a reversal of what we previously knew.
0: That was Dr Jacqueline Stevens from Australia's Flinders University. Researchers there have found the chance of developing a urinary tract infection is reduced by more than 50% in children or people who've recently undergone medical treatment, and by 20%, for women who regularly have UTIs.
1: The active ingredient in cranberries is an antioxidant called PAC and that, that prevents the bacteria from adhering to the bladder wall.
0: The last review in 2012 was inconclusive, but that hasn't stopped doctors from recommending the delicious juice. The next step of the research is to find out how much cranberry juice to consume and when to reap the most benefits.
1: We do need to wait for other clinical trials to be done before we can update this review again we
0: An elephant's trunk is a remarkable organ, a fusion of nose and upper lip, capable of movement via a dense network of muscles, it's strong enough to lift a log, and sensitive enough to perform delicate tasks like picking up a single Dorito without breaking it. Now, a team of researchers in Berlin have documented an elephant using her trunk for another novel behaviour – peeling bananas. The star of this new study, an Asian elephant named Pang Fa, was a baby when she arrived at Berlin Zoo in 87. And she has particular tastes. Hand her an overripe banana and she'll toss it away. An underripe banana will be swallowed whole like most elephants. But if you give her a perfectly ripe speckled banana, she uses a special break and shake technique to get just the flesh of the fruit. Pang Fa breaks the banana, then picks up a piece and skates it, detaching the fleshy inside from the skin. When the inside finally falls out, she picks it up and eats it. This special technique is perhaps the influence of her upbringing. As a young elephant, she was hand-raised by a keeper who always fed her peeled bananas. And Pangfar isn't alone. Mara, an elephant at Brazil's Global Sanctuary, is not only able to peel a banana, but also hands the leftover peel back. Given the challenges these animals face from human-led habitat destruction and fragmentation, their learning abilities might prove an additional advantage beyond ensuring their day-to-day survival. Researchers hope this study sheds light on elephant cognition and that could help conservation efforts. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris.